Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm fine. Um, I'm in Germany, and I've just realized if I call you from Germany, I get a German ringtone. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, very exciting, but also confusing. Well, that's something new and different for us. Yeah, yeah. That could make our day. It could. <laughs> it could. And apart from, you know, exciting new ringtones, has there been anything else you've been up to in Germany? Yes, um, I've only arrived yesterday, but I, um, as you know, I'm from near Frankfurt, so um, I arrived in Frankfurt, and then we more or less straight away went to the Jill Sander show. So, oh, how exciting! Yes, yeah, so that was that was really exciting. I hadn't read a lot about it beforehand. I've just seen one. I, I got quite obsessed with um, trying to find images of her from more recent years because, you know, she's so shy and she doesn't like to be photographed. Yes. And I found quite an interesting um, film, which I'll send you the link to. But anyway, so I I only knew that she really wanted to have the exhibition. Well, she didn't want one at all, but she was persuaded to have it there because she really likes the building, which is a Richard Meyer very modern, very oh. clean, white cube building. So it's the oh, that's interesting. yeah, it's the Applied Arts Museum in in Frankfurt. Um, so she she apparently was persuaded to have it there because it's it's very much a white cubey sort of gal <clears throat> excuse me gallery space, and her exhibition was very much like an art exhibition, much more than than a fashion exhibition, which was really interesting. There was a lot of space oh, for it. Was yeah, in, in what way? Well, it's you. You started off with her, um, with film from the shows, uh, and they seemed to be sort of nineties to now. There were some mostly more recent looking stuff. There wasn't that much information, and they were on three big screens, so almost like a big Bill Viola um, installation or something in a very big room. Oh, yes. So I mean, there was a lot of space given to that, and then all the other rooms were like a almost like a smaller Tate Gallery type sort of room, um, always yeah. just white. Um, and the next part, for instance, was about shows. So there were some very, there were some white stands, sort of hanging rails, but very modern sort of hanging rails, but empty with nothing on them. And then yeah. photos from, you know, when they take photos of all the models before before a yeah. show. So they, they filled a wall. Uh, there were some photos from her Uniqlo um, designs. And then there was sort of, sort of, you went through all these sort of rooms and it was on three floors and it was always a, a lot of space with actually not that many objects. And I think what I, I can c c talk more about some of the, the sort of individual things, but what I, what, you, mm. what I came out with was, it was just amazing how much she has this aesthetic and it really governs absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, and they had one area where it and the other interesting thing I thought it was it was predominantly the nineties to now. There wasn't apart from in the cosmetic section, there was nothing about the eighties. And I remember right. she was really big in the eighties. Um but she yeah. obviously didn't none of the clothes, I don't think much of the imagery, if any, was from before the nineties. Um ah. And there, in, in the cosmetic section, um, which I didn't realize that she started in the late 70s with. So, it, it you know, it wasn't a retrospective at all. It didn't tell you about the history of her. It didn't tell you about the history of the company. 
but that was one of the few other things I'd read that she didn't want a retrospective um, and it's yeah. called presence which is present tense I see. so yeah. it's a, it's you know it's not not necessarily looking back but in the cosmetic section what I, I loved there was just on one wall there was her her name and it just said a few words about she worked with someone called Peter Schmidt who was a um actually he might still be alive she, who was a major sort of graphic designer and designer of other things and he designed the the packaging as well and and it just said something about her logo that she had that designed I think also in the 70s and what font it was and that it never aged through all the years she just continued to use it and I thought that was really interesting that you know it, it just the way everything fits together there was a section about shops there was a section about her campaigns there were actually not that many objects but everything was sort of governed by by this aesthetic yeah they even had the manuals that people in shops get oh really yeah to tell them where they need to put which clothes and that kind of stuff so oh, how interesting mm, and she, there was and all... i love her logo i love yeah. the graphics mm, mm. and amazing that that's from the 70s yeah. there's such sort of purity and like you say her vision is so complete and yes. all-encompassing isn't it? You, it's like there's never a wobble in it. It's it's instantly her. Mm. The the word I was thinking of, and I think it's a, more of a German and an English word, although mm. it's the same word. Is consequent. You know, it's like making oh, it. That's interesting. Making yes. a decision, and then everything comes yes. comes from that. Um, that's a perfect word. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that I I don't know, and it was. Yeah, it was interesting. It was it was almost more like going to church. <laughs> I felt <laughs> there there was music, so but n not much. It, there was a bit about her gardening. Apparently, that's another thing she does, and she has this amazing garden. There was a sort of film taken by a drone, I presume. Yes, I saw the, yeah, I saw that online. Yeah, so but there, isn't it filmed by a drone? Sorry. Is it filmed by a drone? I think it is. Yeah, sort of. It goes. It goes over, and it looks quite big. Um, it looks huge. Yeah. It, yeah. Huge. Okay. I didn't want to say that, but it does actually look huge. And so, <laughs> so I didn't know about that part. And and there's also a little bit. She did something with Mario Mertz, I think, for when when the Biennale had a fashion theme, you know, quite a right. few years back. So she did a sort of structure. Um, so there is a was a little bit about art as well, and. There, there were clothes in there. There was sort of one room, well, two rooms really. There was one room about the studio, which is more focusing on menswear. So there were some menswear um, actually on mannequins. And then there was another room which had women's wear. And it was, I think, predominantly black. There was one orange item oh. and one, I think, white with black dots or might have been black with white dots. Um, so it was all, yeah, it was, it, it was, the exhibition was governed by the same sort of aesthetic and idea than, than yeah. her as you would expect all all her other work so yeah it was it was just yeah I was I was sort of very got to, came away really being impressed there was one other thing she had on on the wall which was something about not being afraid of voids or oh, emptiness I love that. yeah and I thought that was I love a good <laughs> that could have been the light motif really of the whole you know they could have put that at the beginning in the way her font and that I thought were the once you once you saw those everything sort of seemed seemed to make sense um and how brilliant that it's that clear 
Yes. Mm. The other thing that was interesting was that when you come towards the museum, you see a photo of her, and it's a photo where she's on the looks like she's on a beach or somewhere, and she's got some windswept hair, and she looks like she's maybe in her forties, and she's not airbrushed, so you you know she's got rump- yeah. some wrinkles around her eyes. It's quite a well-known photo. That's the sort of main photo of the exhibition, and then a few times you get a massive face shot of her like you know five meters high the whole whole of the wall because she used in this film i saw they say she was the first one to use herself as the as the sort of image of the brand in terms of the cosmetics i see so i'm not sure i sort of didn't look into that anymore but i think that that's what they what they claimed in this film not maybe not so much in the exhibition but otherwise she's actually in in some ways she's sort of present and absent because of course her as yes. I just keep saying her aesthetic is in the whole thing but it's there you don't see her otherwise much there's a there's some tiny little snapshot from a Linda Evangelista and I think Peter Lindbergh shot where you can there's a tiny shot on one wall like really like a snapshot where you can see her and then there's a film where there's some hands and I wasn't sure whether they were her hands sort of to having a suit in you know doing something with a suit demonstrating something to other right. to other workers but otherwise she's sort of present and absent which is quite interesting there are these massive photos but otherwise she's quite hidden i guess the, her her private life is just not there and why should no, it be no, it's all about her work yeah why should it be well exactly but it's so different that's from now you know now we know so much oh, about yes. some designers and using amazing luxurious beautiful fabrics was that explored or i suppose it's just through the clothes being there it is a bit there in in the studio bit there there is a bit more about fabrics and there are actually some fabrics as a whole um there's a long display case on on one wall which has mood boards which includes fabrics and they're not sort of crazy crazy mood boards even the mood boards are quite controlled in a way <laughs> and there is um a half-made suit uh or jacket of a suit and also there is yeah there is some fabric um somewhere else so that that is sort of explored in that bit and then also where all the other the other room with chess the clothes um that's just women's wear and you can you could actually they, they had they had um people in the room watching you but there was no barriers or nothing. They were really, really very close to you, which is which I also yes. thought was interesting. Um, in the stuff about um, behind the scenes and what happens in the studio, there's also quite a lot of accessories and shoes and her collaboration with Puma. So it's the accessories uh. are in there as well. But overall, object-wise, in terms of clothing, there isn't a lot. But but it is, it is really about the, the whole Gesamtkunstwerk type yeah. sort of thing. It's about the whole everything together um i really and, and, that, and there's you, go on. no you go okay um <sighs> just and it seems to be very much about her vision which comes through in the representation of her work like it's it's an idea which is then manifested in the object yeah that's a very good way of putting it yeah that's very much like that mm. and and i wanted to ask you because the cosmetics what didn't she do like small pocket size ones so that you could kind of take them with you and so like nail varnish just a small nail varnish because you know you hardly ever use up a nail varnish and and I always liked that idea 
I didn't get that from the exhibition, but I I might just have not seen that. They they right. focus quite a lot on the packaging, and there, there is definitely a pic uh, sort of adverts for the nail varnishes, but I didn't I didn't see that. But that doesn't doesn't mean anything. It might I might I might just have missed that. Yeah. Um. But again, the the, the packaging of of is is just in, incredible, and apparently one of the perfume is it flacons or how do you say it plus they they were um for a long time in the museum of modern art um because it's right. yeah they, they are quite they're amazing. so modernist mm. they? i think there's there's such yeah it's, it's i mean it, the font everything is is really modernist and it's really the way of dressing is very modernist isn't it of kind of letting the fabric speak for itself and fitting into your lifestyle and everything yes and taking as much away as possible making it yes. as simple as possible yes and yeah, then also like yes and then also not um, adhering to any sort of traditional ideas of what a woman should look like mm. and be like um, so that's that's also quite in there but it was very much male and female clothing so it wasn't predominantly yeah. One thing, maybe one one last thing I haven't said it because it almost didn't quite fit, but maybe that's... There was one room which was actually quite colourful or was part of a room because she did a collaboration with, um, I'm probably saying the name wrong, an artist called Alighiero e Boetti. And ah. based on his work, there was some fabric made and it's really colourful um, and there's a lot going on in that fabric and they put that on the what floor. Um, quite bright colors um, and it's it's it, it comes from an artwork he did where um, women were stitching maps um, or making tapestry out of maps and it, and it took a long time and each time they finished the world had changed again and the map had become sort of obsolete and 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 these fabrics are somehow sort of based on that and there, there's a lot going on there's sort of little figures and and you almost can't focus because there's so much going on and it's reds and greens and white and black and that was on the floor and on the walls and there was Edie Campbell sort of big photo of her in a in in one of these colorful dresses and a few of them also in in the room and that was very different and there was a quote something about her not just being minimal and that was you know people had the wrong idea um, but I found that quite hard to fit that in with everything else in my head. No, that does, it does sound very different, but it's almost like, I don't know, I haven't seen it, so what mm. do I know? But it almost sounds like a minimalist use of print, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Of, of kind of, I don't know, kind of containing it somehow. Mm. Mm. I guess the room was so different be from everything yes. else. Um, so, and it was, yeah... So, and was was her business was is her business based in Frankfurt? No, I think I I don't actually have read up so much about that, and there wasn't. Maybe I didn't see that. I don't think there was that much about that in the the somewhat complicated history. There wasn't that much about it in the exhibition, I think. But I I think once it, well, it was started off in Hamburg. Um, uh, yes, and I yes. think it was always in Hamburg until it was bought by Prada and right. then or became part of the Prada group. And then subsequently, the different permutations, I'm not entirely 
entirely sure but it was yeah no it wasn't frankfurt i think it primarily is apparently the 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 director of that museum um really wanted that to, it to happen and he managed to persuade her because because of the building and because of i see not doing a retrospective and yeah all, all of that i mean it sounds like it kind of honors her and honors her vision totally Totally. It's like her vision made into an exhibition. So it's yet another, like you said earlier, you know, it was, what did you say? How it was this thought and it manifests itself. So it just yes. has sort of just manifested itself in another in another form that she hadn't explored before, I guess. Um, and did it, I'm interested, did it have a shop? Like, I'm, you know, could Jill Sanderberg to be merchandised, I'm wondering? Uh, you have a guess. No, <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> not that I could see. I'm not sure that museum. No, it was just as you were, as you were talking, I was thinking, hmm, I can't imagine the Jill Sander. No, I, I, I mean, it, exactly. Bags. I, I didn't actually see a shop in the museum. So there probably is one somewhere. Um, but yes. in, at the reception, so I only saw the reception. There were her, there was a catalogue, and it's just got a white yeah. cover, and it doesn't. It only has photos in it, as in photos from campaigns or. Yeah. Um, no, I got that because I was so sad I couldn't see it that I ordered it, and and I kind of loved how, like you were saying, it's kind of blank and yet filled with meaning, even in the blank spaces. Mm. Yeah, that's another good so, way yeah. of putting it because yeah. This sort of absence, being absence and, and present, I thought that was yeah. another really... And then the name of the exhibition is part of that. Yes. And I do really like... I do really like that idea of... of it's, It is about her personality, but her pa personality is about holding back. Yes. So, so she's giving you the image of her face, but you have to sort of focus and contemplate her work to really get it and get her and, mm. and the image of her face is also it's black and white it's yes. not color and she doesn't yeah. smile she just looks at you she's just there mm. 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 oh that sounds lovely yeah no that it was it was great i'm really pleased i caught it it's on for another yes. three weeks only or so so i just about got in there but, yeah i'm so glad you saw it but what about you? You were in Paris. I was in Paris, and I saw two exhibitions. I saw the Margiela retrospective at the Galliera, which I did really like. Mm -hmm. But the one that really blew my mind was as a Dina Liar, I am Couturier at his studios, which was just, it was funny when you were saying about it was like going to church. You went to Jill Sander Church, <laughs> and I went to as a Dina Liar <laughs> Because I'd always been really intrigued when you walk through the Lamai that there's just this, you know, closed gate with, you know, the bell that says a liar on it. And I always thought that was really beautiful. But, but unless you're looking for it, you don't I actually never, find I, it. I've never seen it. I did, I'd never seen it. Well, it's kind of, it's it's sort of behind, you know, the, um, what's it called, bizarre l'hôtel de ville you mm -hmm. know that big department store yeah it's kind of behind that and then walking towards saint paul more to mm -hmm. me but just like a couple of blocks along from that but behind and yeah it's just this quite unassuming street and then just the the doorbell to ring 
mm-hmm. with his name in his font. And again, like Jill Sander, it, it's so interesting because they're so different and yet they're so similar. And I think also with Majela, I've always really loved designers who have that purity of vision and where you feel like they have these sort of particular issues and ideas that they're just constantly working away at and, and you know, reinterpreting and reimagining these ideas. Mm-hmm. And I always think they're really fascinating because you can kind of learn from their thought process mm-hmm. and how a thought process can be manifested in cloth is really interesting. Yeah. And like you were saying with Jill Sander, how that is then also visualized. So it has to be so clear that, you know, the photographer, the stylist, the hairstylist, the makeup artist, that everyone has to get what it is that's being expressed by this design. I really love that when it's kind of obsessive. That, and I'm appreciating obsession <laughs> and at cons- the moment. That's quite in- that's interesting because it that that did come out be- uh, while you were talking. I was just thinking, was the Jill Sanders show presented in a way as if it is all her, and it was very much not. It was particularly in the section about the campaigns, which I sort of haven't really mentioned, but that it was very much also about the photographers. That was very obvious that she yeah. she works closely with people to make yeah her vision, um, work in different mediums. Because, I mean, also with, with Margiela, it's like Maison Martin Margiela. He's, like, mm. continually acknowledging that this is a group effort and that fashion needs a group of people to realize the vision in the studio and then to, to recreate it and magnify it in the show, in the campaigns, in the packaging, the font, mm. everything. And, yeah, it's like we've seen three exhibitions which are all on individual well individual designers within group who are who who really have achieved that I think and, mm. and who are really significant historically within fashion because of that and Alaya I just it was just swoony beautiful first of all so and and because it's in his atelier you just have the sense of him and because he's gone now it's very poignant because mm. of that you sort of walk in and there's a um, you know, like a glass ceiling above you, like a, an opaque glass. And there's a giant sculpture of a gold breast in the courtyard. Mm-hmm. So that's your starting point. Mm-hmm. It may be a famous breast, but I'm not <laughs> au fait with famous breasts, so I can't tell you who. Mm. So that's something. Mm-hmm. But then you go in and, you know, there's like the doorbells as you go through for like the atelier and everything. So you have a really strong sense of being in his and in his world Mm. and then it's just I think it's like 40-ish gowns it's all gowns really Mm. and each one is it's either like individually displayed or in a group of of usually three and they're in this this kind of brushed silver background lit from above so it's really clean and clear and very beautiful but then you can see you know the roof above so you have the sense of it being contained in this really kind of quintessentially parisian space mm. and in le marais with like all the history of the, the that area mm. and then you have this sense of him just working away with his fabric because it really i mean obviously it reminded me of my, my great love in life mm. 
because you can see how he's looking at her work and thinking, how did you do that? What were you trying to get at? How did you think about a body and a piece of material together? And he's working that through, but it's absolutely his how he does it. And just, I don't know, I can't think of another recent designer who can manipulate fabric like him. It's just breathtaking. Mm. And and I don't know, is there a special word, a special museum-y person word? <laughs> but it, you know that kind of, um, like a non-mannequin mannequin, where it's, it's like, is it perspex that's been laser cut to the exact form of the dress? Yeah, I mean we call you know I, I mean? yeah, I mean we called them when we when we we had them done out of fiberglass at the museum and we called them either cutouts or invisible mannequins but yeah, sometimes oh, they're pers right. you can make them out of purse bags or fiberglass um or yeah, yeah, other things. I mm. I think it was maybe purse bags because it was completely clear. Mm. And I mean the first time I saw that was in the Armani exhibition years and years ago. Yes. Mm. And it is quite breathtaking and it so worked. It's for his clothes because there was one which was a real uh, like a mini dress but like a such a like goddess dress and it it looked like a greek sculpture it was it was breathtaking mm. that it was just this sweep of fabric with then the most minimal pared down kind of um olive tree leaves you know which would just become lines which mm. were edging it that round the the neck and everything and the arms and just the sense of, of that classical past and that kind of beginnings of dress of just that you have a piece of fabric and then how do you make it work on an individual body mm. was incredible and like it had the dress you know the one that zips all the way around oh yes mm. I had a couple of versions of that which were incredible and that one that Grace Jones I've seen her wear with the hood oh yes mm. um, which is beautiful but just I don't know, like you were saying with Jill Sander, it was really interesting because, again, space was given. So there was like a, a text panel at the beginning in French and English that sort of talks about him and his desire to have exhibitions and a kind of foundation as his legacy. And then there's just one quote for him from him at the beginning and then no information, which I kind of love because, as you know, I'm not a good one for reading text panels. Mm. I just kind of want to live the visuals. Um but it really worked, and it was, as I said, it was really poignant. It was Olivier Sayad had, had curated it, mm -hmm. and it was just every everything was pared down to a minimum to allow you to see his work and just to focus completely on each item and on the details of each item. And it was it was really great to see. Sorry, I'm just going on and on. No, do. <laughs> but, but it was really interesting, you know, because I've looked at Vionne so much, it was really wonderful to see his sort of homage to her in kind of techniques about, like, using the different pattern pieces to then twist together into a bow at the back. So you're not adding a belt, you're mm. using that. And just the ways he, you know, there's this beautiful one that is like a really beautifully tailored jacket with this amazing curved zip and then it sort of ends in this full skirt that's like got cutouts on it that's like you know when you're little and you cut oh yes paper shapes. Mm, mm, yeah it's mm. like that and then you can see the crinoline underneath that's stiffening it and holding it out so 
it's so yeah again as with Jill Sander but in such a different way it's so much about the fabric about what you can do with fabric but with him so much more body conscious and just like exploring every surface of the body and how you can connect it to the fabric as closely as possible it was just beautiful because that's quite interesting because it Jill Sander why, again, while you were talking, I found it a little bit difficult to focus on her clothes in that room that had a lot of them because they, they were all oh. they were all black and there's so and I know I think she's getting get, probably gets fed up people saying minimal all, minimal all the time, mm-hmm. but they are very minimal and it, they do talk about that a few times in in quotes from her or captions that it looks really easy but it takes a lot to make yeah. it look that easy but I guess with Alaya there is it is more obvious the 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 virtuoso you know way in which she dealt with things with where with with her it takes even maybe even more looking or maybe not you know knowing a lot about pattern cutting or um, I always think she's like a dandy like an original early 19th century dandy where it's like you only know if you know Mm. The only yeah. people who understand tailoring and mm. cut and everything get why it's so expensive, why mm. it's so special. Mm. Um, and yes, I guess with with Alaya, I think there's much more softness. And I think he, I mean, I was going to say a sort of traditional idea of femininity, but I don't think it is. I think there's a real strength in the way, in what he gives to women through these clothes like there were quite a few that are quite like warrior clothes that have like metal studs but also just the sculpting of the body I think there's real strength mm. I guess it, it does give support I mean literally mm. also mm. but also metaphorically I guess and you mentioned the word goddess which yes. is not a word you would I mean, use with your Sunder items that's actually quite no, different no definitely mm. not mm. now hers are much quieter and it's almost like strength through quietness, isn't mm. it? Whereas with his, it's 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 kind of showing everything and nothing. And it's, I think also with both of them, they think about the wearer. Mm. It's like the wearer's True. experience is as magnificent as the person looking at the, mm. the wearer. Mm. Um, because, yes, as I was walking around the alley, I was just thinking, oh my God, what it must it be like to wear that, to wear a dress Mm. fitted that beautifully to your body and that gives you this incredible silhouette and that you're also the the sense of it being part of haute couture history and part of you know there's something really beautiful about that about his respect for these techniques that Mm. have been developed over you know hundreds of years I think that that's a really wonderful thing and you kind of think can that survive after him because Mm. I don't know that there's really a couture house that has that mm. sensitivity and that's able to put that sensitivity even into ready-made mm. items. And also maybe um, the, the it's not like occasions to wear these things does not exist anymore, but it's somehow different now. Yeah, mm. yeah. and also if, if consumers want that or appreciate and understand it, Mm. Yeah, true. Um, I hope so. I mean, it, it. I think it's really, as I say, it's a really wonderful experience that you're in the place 
that was his place. You know, that mm. is special in itself. And it's so, you you just get a sense of him as a generous person mm. just looking at the clothes. You know, you get a sense of him lovingly, you know, thinking about how a zip will curve over your body, thinking about where to put the opening for you to get into a dress mm. that will, you know, disturb the, the line least and those kind of things that I think is just exquisite. It was just very moving and very beautiful mm. to see. When when you... And, and I... Just to say this yeah. last thing. And, <laughs> you know, knowing my great love of dogs, <laughs> I am proud of him for having dogs that were sort of bigger than him, essentially. <laughs> I think that also shows a great person. Mm. Definitely. So, you know, we love Azadine. Yeah, I Definitely. Um, one just one small thing that I was thinking of when you were talking about the wearer. I, I was with um, my family, and one 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 person afterwards said that Jill Sanders' clothes were programmatic, um, and I think what they meant was it was like when you when you took her on, you know, when you decided I'm going to wear Jill Sander. Ah. It's like a program, you know, a project. It's you you will become yes. a certain person. It doesn't. How it doesn't leave it's not like it doesn't even affect you become a particular yes. person and i guess with alaya that's like yes. similar in, in each case no that's so true how interesting mm. because in each case it would kind of affect the way you hold yourself mm. and think of yourself and the way people treat you and exactly mm. and i know that's a, true with a lot of clothes but i think with them it's very pronounced or yeah. Again, it goes back to their purity of vision, that you mm. become a, another manifestation of their vision. Mm. And I have to say, there was a dress, I can't remember if I texted it to you, but I will do, that, mm. you know, thinking of Rosamund Bernier, who we were talking about oh, last yes. week, who used to wear couture for her lectures, there was one dress that I thought, yes, that's the one I want to wear. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you found it. Lectures. I'm glad yeah, you found it. Yeah, it's good that I've got it. Yeah. Well, I haven't literally got it, but that I know it's there, <laughs> yeah. but waiting for me. Yeah. Well, you know, so, yeah, I know, it'd be good, wouldn't it? So, you know, you can have your couture jumpsuit. Yeah. And I'll have my Alaya Warrior Woman classical dress. Fantastic. Yeah, problem solved. Problem solved. <laughs> well, on that note... <laughs> on that note, great to talk to you. Yeah. Have, have fun in Germany. Thank you. And I'll see you soon. Yeah, speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you.